Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. We're now in our series called Journey of the Redeemed. It's a study in the book of Luke, and as we explore the life of Jesus, we also examine our own journeys shaped by him. Are you the one to come, or should we expect someone else? Are you the one to come, or should we expect someone else? It's a simple question, but it kind of breaks your heart a little when you find out who asked and who he asked it to. John, the cousin of Jesus, known throughout history as John the Baptist, he spent years preaching on behalf of God. He spent years preparing the way for the Messiah, who the Jewish people had been longing for, for years. And for all the work he did, at this moment, he was sitting in a prison cell. And he asked Jesus, he sent messengers to ask, are you the one to come? Or should we expect someone else? We have been on a journey in the book of Luke this fall. And I noted a number of weeks back that this journey is going to have several chapters. We have been through our longest chapter, the burning sand, the bubbling springs. And when we began this segment, we started with a miraculous birth. And it wasn't Jesus. We started with John. We met him first, and we want to end this chapter coming back around to John. We're going to see where he lands today. He's going to have a conversation kind of far apart with Jesus, and we're going to see the the result of that. Because there's this mighty preacher, and he's coming face to face with shadows of doubt. So let's begin. We're going to turn in Luke chapter 7 today. Now, if you recall, John was nicknamed John the Baptist because he was kind of a guy that baptized a lot of people. That was his thing. He preached of repentance, and he called out for people to change their ways, to stop living selfishly, turn to follow the path of God's kingdom. And when that happened, he said, let's, let's dunk you in water. We're going to celebrate this new birth, this new life into God's kingdom. And he did so through baptism. John, it sounds beautiful and poetic, but he also made some enemies. You see, when he was out there preaching, he didn't try to do things like the Jewish religious leaders of the day. Didn't even, didn't even care. Didn't want to look like them. Didn't want to act like them. And that kind of bothered them. You know, that's enemy number one. And he also, John was not afraid to call out the people in power. Herod Antipas was the Jewish political power not, that served under Rome of the day. And John called him out. He said, you're married to your brother's wife. And he just spoke out against him. And so back in Luke 3, when we read about John, we heard that Herod threw John in prison because he was willing to speak out against him. So that's where things have been. All this time we've been reading about Jesus' ministry while John 
was sitting in prison. So let's read in verses 18 through 20 of Luke chapter 7. John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, John sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, Are you the one to come, or should we expect someone else? John had been preaching with such, with such boldness, such confidence. And remember when Jesus came and said, I need to be baptized. And John was like, I'm unworthy to baptize you. But he, he did that anyway. But do you think he could sense the Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus? I was just thinking like, didn't he, didn't he grasp that the Messiah was in his presence? But that had been some time now. And he's been pacing back and forth in a prison cell. And you know what it's like when you're alone with your thoughts, right? Alone with your thoughts. And questions start to come. And you start to think of all the things you've done and why you have lived this amazing life. And yet you are in the prison cell. John did everything he was born to do. He spoke the words he was called to speak. And yet, why was he locked up? And his, he had followers, you know, people who learned from his teaching came and checked on him. They told him stories, it says. All the stories we've been reading about. Jesus raising people from the dead. Jesus feasting with people who were not that great in society. Jesus calling people to him, mentoring. All of these stories John is hearing from a prison cell. And so maybe he was thinking, remember when Jesus preached? Remember when he preached and said, the spirit of the Lord is on me? He quoted from Isaiah 61. And John heard those words. And, and those words said that Jesus would proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Yet John sat in jail. So maybe, maybe his own expectations are starting to be a little confused. Maybe he's looking at Jesus and thinking, you're doing it differently than I would have done it, right? Like, we heard the Pharisees critique and compare Jesus and John. They're like, John fasts, and Jesus, he, he parties. And so maybe John starts to think about that and like, he is doing it differently. And so all of these things can start to just etch away. If you have those moments, those days, those nights where you wake up in the middle of the night and you just think, is this, is this what I'm doing? Is this right? Can, can you hear all of the questions inside John's question? Do you think he's also asking, did I give myself to the right cause? Is this real? Did anything I said or did matter? Can you feel all of the possible questions within that one question? And I know we felt it. I know we have. We've asked these same questions. But you know what? It gives me, while it breaks my heart for John, it gives me just a little bit of hope because if someone who has chosen and it was so confident and has such known purpose for his life, if 
if he can ask a question, then it lets me know I can, I can ask a question too. And Jesus' response gives me further encouragement. Let's see how Jesus responded to this question. Verse 21. At that very time. So, so Jesus hears the question. And then the very next moment, what does he do? He cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, evil spirits. Gave sight to many who were blind. So Jesus replied to John's messengers, these two men, and said, Go back. And report to John what you have just seen and heard. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. So Jesus' response to John's question gives me encouragement number one. It's okay to ask questions, out loud even. Jesus didn't scoff at John's question. He didn't mock him. He didn't shame him for having a question. He just responded. He gave evidence. He decided to just do all the things right in front of these two messengers of John. And you know, sometimes Jesus would say, he'd speak out loud, right? He'd say, Stop doubting. And some people needed to hear that. But I believe that that Jesus knew what John needed in that moment. He just gave evidence and said, go tell John. And the things that he listed, those were those things he preached about and said from Isaiah 61. You know, that, that the poor would be received good news. That the, the blind would see again. Jesus was living out and saying, look, he'd said that the spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus was calling out saying, this is me. I'm fulfilling Isaiah 61. And then he just did that all right in front of these two so they could see. And I feel like the way that God makes us, you know, God created us with certain perspectives and preferences and ways that we see the world The way you connect with God is different than other people around you. The things that are out in his world that capture your attention might be different from the person sitting next to you. And I feel like God does that. He made you. And so I think he's also going to show his truth to you in ways that other people may not see. And so here, Jesus chose to put it in action. And I think he was sending a message to his cousin. He was like, remember that scripture we both learned as boys growing up together? Remember this verse that you teach out loud, I'm teaching out loud? I think he was just sending John a message like, look, it's happening. It's happening right now. The spirit is at work. And I think Jesus just wanted to send John that message. And also, if you keep reading past the quote that Jesus quoted in Isaiah... 61, verses 1 and 2 is where Jesus quoted. You get to verse 3 and you see this. He said that Jesus was going to bring a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And, And my hope is that as John received the message from his friends, 
And he starts just maybe quoting Isaiah 61 to himself. Maybe just going over it. And maybe he feels like, okay, you know, maybe my life can, can be this splendor, this tree of splendor for God. I don't know. I just see that the, Jesus' message was throughout this scripture. He wanted to tell John, hold on. It's okay. And Jesus even said, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. I think he knows it's, it's hard for humans. I think he knows. And I think that is encouraging to us today. Let's keep reading verse 24. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury, they're in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare the way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Jesus is turning to the crowd and his words here give me encouragement number two, which is find a friend who will believe in you, who will believe for you, who will share their belief to you. Jesus believed in John, even when John was questioning. He spoke right here. But let's, let's examine these questions that Jesus is asking. So what's, what's up with the reeds and the, and the luxurious clothes? Well, it's fascinating because reeds were printed on the back of the coins of the day. And who had these current coins printed? Herod Antipas. And Jesus is mentioning fine clothing. We know that John was wearing camel's hair. But the fine clothing being in palaces, that's again... That's Herod. That's, that's his life of riches. And so Jesus is saying, I don't think you came out to the desert looking for a man like Herod. I think you were looking for someone else, a different kind of leader, someone who's speaking in a different way. So Jesus, of course, didn't call this out directly. Herod could not, like, zero in and claim and arrest Jesus for blasphemy that day or anything. He's kind of coding it for people, but he's just trying to get them to think about it. Like, what is John? Why did you come out here? And he just, he just said, you know, John came with his purpose. He lived and he's living out God's truth. He's preaching because that is what God made him to do. And the quote that Jesus uses is from Malachi 3, chapter 1. It's the last book of the Old Testament in our Bibles. And it says, I will send a messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. John was to prepare the way and then the Lord was to come. That is Jesus right here living this out in the present. But look, Jesus didn't just believe in John, did he? He said John was this amazing man and yet... Everyone in the kingdom, even the least, can be as great as him. 
Jesus is like, look, come into my kingdom where everyone is valued. Everyone. Now, Jesus believed in John, and Jesus believes in us. Let's keep going. Finish our section of Luke 7 today. Verse 29 says, All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees, the experts in the law, rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Jesus went on to say, To what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace, calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, he's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. Of course, not everyone loved Jesus' words. The people who followed John, who listened to his message, put the pieces together. and Okay, that was good. They had that affirmation that Jesus believed that John was preaching God's good news, and that's what they believed, so it all clicked with them. And they appreciated being all together in the kingdom of God. But the religious leaders, well, they probably didn't like to be lumped in with everybody else, right? They're the, they're the teachers, So then they start to have the critique. So Jesus' response to the critics gives me my encouragement number three, which is actually a warning. Don't let cynicism harden your heart. When John asked the sincere question of Jesus, Jesus responded, and he wanted to give him hope. But when the Pharisees keep asking questions of Jesus, they're You see their motivation? They have different motives. They've got a critique already at hand. Because Jesus quotes this children's song, kind of like, okay, well, when you celebrate, we played music and you didn't want to dance. At a funeral, we played sad songs and you didn't cry. So what this means, when the religious leaders were questioning, they questioned John and they're like, well, look, he's fasting. He's very serious all the time. He must have a demon. Then Jesus, he eats all the time. He celebrates. He parties. He's just like a friend of sinners. Like no one had it right in their eyes. They couldn't see God's truth in either messenger. And so Jesus was saying, you know, don't close out your mind, you know. If you're asking a sincere question, I think what we can take from it is then look for the answers, right? We're allowed to ask, but let's not close off our hearts before we hear the message. Because God's truth is going to arrive. We're going to see it in some way. So let's not let our hearts get hardened along the way. I think there's a way to stay open. Stay open for what God wants to teach us. That is all we get from the book of Luke about John. His story ends with him asking a question, sitting in a prison cell. Now, in the book of Matthew, we learn that John was actually, he never left prison. He ended up being beheaded by Herod. 
And I just hope that he found that encouragement to hold on to in those last days before he died. I hope that he held on to Jesus, that he held on to scripture, that he remembered all the things that he believed mattered. So there we go. We've talked about the three things that we can do when we face questions. We can know it's okay. We can find a friend who believes in us. And we can just try to stay open to that truth so cynicism isn't hardening our heart. Now, sometimes when we question Jesus and faith, we might call that doubt. And doubt can get a bad name. We've talked about this before back in the spring. But... I hope that this scripture shows us that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay. We're, we're called in this life. We often are challenged to investigate things, right? We don't take things at face value. It's okay to investigate and question, but I just hope that we, we know we can keep moving forward, that we can have questions, and that's part of the journey. So sometimes doubt can feel like, like this weight on us that we can't let go of or this shadow that just hovers over us and we wonder, what's wrong with us? Why do we keep having questions? But I'd like us to think about our doubts maybe in a little different way, okay? Will you try something with me? I want us to picture doubt in a new way today. We're going we're gonna to try this video. And for anyone watching online or listening to this podcast, we're going to have a link to this video in our online service page. Okay, so three guys were in South Africa for a bike event in 2016. And they are riding toward the Cape of Good Hope. And it's a dead end. And suddenly, out of the bushes, pops an ostrich. And they are riding along at 50 miles an hour. And that ostrich is keeping up. And the guy filming in the back, if uh, we'll put the link in our online service page, and you can hear him laughing at his friends as he's trying to film. Uh, but the, the, the ostrich just ran along behind him, stayed right behind him, and then turned off. So you can take him off in a little bit if you'd like, or you guys can stare at an ostrich, it's fine. But fun fact, after I found that video, just before I preached this sermon, I found that there was a video just from 2020 and a group of people were riding bikes in South Africa and an ostrich comes and runs alongside them. So I don't know if it's the same ostrich and he just likes to run with bicyclists or if that's just what ostriches do. They're like, hey, I can run as fast as you like someone who can run with me. So this video, it just stayed on my mind and stayed on my mind. And I'm just like, you know what? Why don't we see doubt like that? Yes, it's startling sometimes. Sometimes our doubt comes out of nowhere. And sometimes you feel its presence hovering behind you. It can be unnerving, right? But I just want us to know. I just want us to know that you can keep riding toward good hope. You can keep going on your journey. Doubt can run with you for a little while. But I don't think it stays forever. I do think it fades. I do think it, we find ways where it lessens. It moves off. And it might return, but we got to know that we can persevere. That we can survive doubt. That it's a piece of the journey. It's just a piece of it. And we can look around and, and Jesus, he's going to keep showing up too. 
He's going to bring his presence into our lives. He's going to speak his truth. And it might come in unexpected ways, you know. It might not look the way we're thinking it will. But Jesus believes in us. And so I just want to encourage us all when we have questions, when we're seeking answers, it's okay. Jesus is with us and it's part of this journey. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you for things that make us smile. We thank you for the animal kingdom and the ways that you move through all kinds of visuals. We thank you for the life of John. Thanks. Thanks for speaking through him. Thanks for sharing his story with us so that we know it's okay if we have times of questioning and you still believe in us. Thank you for believing in us. And Lord, just keep helping our unbelief. Help our times of doubt. Help our questions. We'll keep trying to believe in you. We praise you. We praise you for this journey we get to be on together. Thanks for not leaving us. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.